Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to Christina Aguilera Track Battle. I'm your host Bags, super fan and lover of all things Xtina. This is the podcast where we take two songs from Christina's amazing discography at random via our fancy random track wheel, discuss them and undertake the challenging task of determining which is better. Let's find out which songs are going head to head this episode. Are you ready fighters? Let's spin the wheel. Mercy on me. And that's going up against... Lady Marmalade. Oh, it's all about the drama here. Bit of this, bit of that. Bit of drama and sass going on here. So, without further ado, let's first start talking about Mercy on me. So this is track number seven as it appears on the track listing, taken from the second disc of Back to Basics released in 2006, which as we know was a double album. The first album having sort of a throwback sound with modern day elements um, with all these sort of samples and record scratches and things like that. And then the second disc was primarily produced with Linda Perry um, and it was a bit more of an authentic take on the sort of sounds of yesteryear that Christina was inspired by. Like the rest of the second disc on the album, the song was produced by Linda Perry and it was written by Christina and Linda Perry. And Mercy On Me is this very, very much sort of gospel churchy sound, um, very, very dramatic track and it's combined with a lot of soulful elements. Um, so it, it sort of goes into that soul blue side that um, is, was explored um, in terms of the genres that were explored on the second disc. Um, you know, we had, of course, very much jazz um, and sort of this soul side, but this is very much blues element, um, very, very harking back to sort of the Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday, you know, these sort of Nina Simone deep, dark songs, you know, songs like Strange Fruit and um, all these really sort of I put a spell on you by Nina Simone all these sort of very very deep dark songs and Mercy on Me sort of really channels that um, it's very much a heartfelt appeal for mercy and forgiveness Christina's vocals being very very passionate here very moving with a lot of force a lot of power a lot of emotion and feeling and it's very classic Christina there's a lot of melismas here as well and you just know it's Christina from the get-go of the song um, like I said, it definitely has that retro feeling like the rest of the second disc, um, more authentic take on the classic 20s, 30s, 40s vibe that Christina was heavily inspired for by the whole album. And um, Christina here, it takes up this role, um, you know, in terms of turning to God and Jesus and the Lord above and all of the names used for him. Um, and asking for forgiveness and it's sort of like a, a confession in a church um you know when you go and confess to the priest and um she's said that she's hurt a man badly um and sort of very open to interpretation here either it's maybe cheating there's something she's done uh, you know played mind games whatever it is there was a massive sin that was committed and she is begging for forgiveness and it's almost like she um 
because of the fact it precedes um, sort of very delicate songs like Save Me From Myself and The Right Man, where it was songs very much about Jordan and her marriage to Jordan, which is what basically the whole album, Back to Basics, is a celebration of. Because Mercy of Me appears before those tracks in the track list, it's almost like she is washing away all her sins um, and... Um, completely sort of starting afresh before she enters into the the holy matrimony of marriage um i mean it just takes you on this massive emotional journey this song like you can imagine a music video for this christina's walking down the aisle of a church ready to confess washing away all the sins while the choir's there singing in the background it's very very religious it's got these religious imagery in there a lot but also very soulful too in a way that's very reminiscent of those artists like i mentioned before like ella fitzgerald and billy holiday and nina simone um you know it has this lovely jazz piano which just makes this whole thing sound so amazing and just brings it all together and the verses um are very sort of quieter i wouldn't say quieter as in in terms of the volume but christina's not as forceful with her tone here and as not as powerful and emotional um it's it, it is like this emotional roller coaster whereas the chorus is very very powerful and it just adds this great sort of dynamic quality to the song um and then from the bridge onwards in the song it just reaches this massive crescendo where it's just this giant wall of sound and christina's ad-libs just go to the complete next level um this is one of the songs that always features on the lists from fighters of songs that we wish we could see her perform in a live setting as it's not one she's done live at all um and it definitely features on my list but i can imagine why um that it's not actually performed live because the song is so so hard to sing it has got so much range all these notes it goes from high to low she explores that lower register as well um and the ad-libs are just out of this world and speaking of that we have to talk about favorite parts and favorite lyrics and my favorite part has to be the ending of the song um with the line i need forgiveness from you um and that note that she held at the end of the song which just completely concludes this absolute dramatic journey that this song takes um she holds it for approximately 15 seconds i did count I had to go back and count again but I remember the first time that I heard the end of this song and oh my god I was just floored and the amount of power and agility that this woman has in her lungs I mean in terms of her vocals as well it just sends a complete shiver down my spine and tingles I was just in awe um and it's you know as a fan you sing along but this is not a song that you sing along to you just listen and it's just i mean it's just so dark and absolutely brilliant it, it is one of those moments on back to basics where everything's the rest of the album so very you know light and happy and floaty um and this is where it just adds that extra bit of texture and brings that darkness to the album which we loved from her in stripped we loved when she explored into that dark side and that tap and tapped into it and and here she doesn't do it as much on this album because this album is a lot happier but it's great to hear that it just adds a different sort of quality to the the track list in terms of the journey that the album takes when you start to to the end of it 
Um, my favourite lyric, there's so many to choose from here, but I really like the bridge the most, um, where it says, so don't let me fall around no more, send your angels down to guide me through that door, well I've gone and confessed my regrets and I'm pray I'm not held in contempt, I'm so lost and I need you to help me repent. It's it's like, I've done my, I've done my confession now, don't make me sin anymore, don't make me... Um, behave in a way like that anymore um and I just need that guidance to go from this part of my life to the next part of my life because I've done my confession I pray that I am not so lost anymore I just I love the, the the sort of the journey that takes and I really like the religious imagery here it just really shows that that begging and pleading for mercy um, you know that last little begging that she does towards the end of the song and how it builds up to more and more and um, just it, it's like you can see her just on her knees just actually you know completely singing this song I mean it's got it's great storytelling this song I have to say it's it so bluesy so dark only she could do a song like this and arguably probably her best vocal performance in terms of a studio recording um just because of the range that she shows here like there's no whistle notes and stuff like that um and 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 she can do that and to me that is you know any good vocalist can do that and that's not sort of like overly impressive because it's a whistle note whereas the emotion and the soul that she just bears on this track no one else can do this and Christine is one of those artists, like we've said before on this podcast, and this is why I'm such a big fan of her, we don't care about technical perfection, we want soul, we want emotion, and this is what is she she is showing in bucket loads on this, on this track, and um, this is the reason why I'm such a big fan, because we don't like, I mean, yes, she does strive for technical perfection when she's recording, but when she's performing and when she's in the moment and when it comes to showing emotion, no one can match her talent there. And this is one of those songs that actually shows it in, in full force. So let's move on to talking about Lady Marmalade before I kept uh, too deep. Uh, so Lady Marmalade, this song wow where do we begin right so it let's talk about when it was released it was released in 2001 and it's a collaboration with Lil Kim Maya and Pink for the soundtrack to the film Moulin Rouge uh, which was also released in 2001 starring Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor and the song appears in the film as sort of part of a medley uh, and it's a cover of the LaBelle song um, released by Patti LaBelle, her band. Um, so the film Moulin Rouge, absolutely brilliant musical film um, directed by Baz Luhrmann, starring Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. And it takes place in Paris, um, you know, at the turn of the 18th century. And um, it's where Ewan McGregor, who's a penniless writer, falls in love with Nicole Kidman, who's a courtesan and one of the stars of the Moulin Rouge nightclub. And it's sort of this, um, you know, the romance is not allowed. It's um, very sort of forbidden, uh, forbidden love. And um, basically that's that. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a brilliant film with an absolutely great soundtrack. Um, and this song was released as the first single off the soundtrack. And it was a massive hit. Went to number one in the UK and in the US on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, and it was just a absolute 
corker of a track one of the biggest selling tracks of that year uh, in 2001 in both the uk and the us um and just one of the songs that we know christina for um and uh, in terms of a female collaboration as well um the song actually wasn't released in a commercially available single format um you know in terms of an actual cd single um and this is america we're talking about here um and so it was the third song that reached number one on airplay alone um in the us um following uh try again by alaya um and angel by shaggy um and then it was released as a download format years later um and only this year in 2021 it got a resurgence on itunes meaning that the song hit number five on the us digital song sales because Initially, the song was only available if you purchased the actual rest of the soundtrack as the album, and then you got Lady Marmalade with it, and then eventually it was released separately as a single. Um, I'm not sure about a physical single in America. I know there was definitely one in the UK released with the um, single cover being sort of this orangey red with all the four girls on it. Um, and it had sort of the Thunderpuss remixes on there and it had the music video if you popped it into your computer um, and you could watch it there as well. So I'm not actually sure if that was the case in other countries. So I can only go by on um, on the UK. So the song was produced by Rockwilder and Missy Elliott. Uh, Rockwilder would later go on to work with Christina on Dirty um, a, a year later. Um, and Missy Elliott would also continue to work with Christina on Car Wash, as we heard in the previous podcast episode. The song was written by Bob Crew and Kenny Nolan, who wrote the original song with LaBelle. And we also have additional writers here in the form of Lil Kim and Missy Elliott, who have written their further parts. Lil Kim obviously writing her very iconic rap um, and Missy Elliott uh, getting some writing credits there as well. Um, so this cover version of the track turns the song into sort of from like this sort of disco-y, uh, track to a uh, very much R&B tinged version and the lyrics are changed to make the song set in the Moulin Rouge um, it, which is a nightclub in Paris um, which is what the film is based on um, rather than New Orleans which is what the original song is uh, based on um, and the Moulin Rouge still stands there today it's the home of the Can Can which is um, the dance um I mean, I'm not going to do it because A, you can't see me do it and B, I don't want to put a hole in the floor. Um, but um, the can-can is, of, you know, the the dance where, you know, your legs go kicked up in the air and the Moulin Rouge was sort of this um, home to, like, the, the underworld is what the, is described in the, um, in the film. And um, the song itself, Lady Marmalade, is about um, a lady of the night, a prostitute. Um, so... The original was inspired by the New Orleans prostitutes um, and the French Quarter, which is near the city's red light district. And then, of course, here it's applied to, um, inspired by sort of the courtesans and cancan dancers from the Moulin Rouge. So, interesting fact, this is the only song to top the US and UK charts twice by different artists. Um, in the US, uh, of course, the original went to number one and also this version. And in the UK, this version and the version by a British girl group called All Saints um, went to number one. And that song, interesting, we've got to take a couple of minutes to speak about that here. Um, it was a complete rework of the track. Um, of course, only 
sort of bit retained from the original was the chorus but the verses are completely rewritten um which features sort of like rapping and it has the same sort of melodies as well but different lyrics completely um that version actually it didn't really make a bit, bit of a splash in the US like some of their other songs did but um, it was a big big track for them here in the UK um, you know featuring on their greatest hits and stuff like that so um, yeah I mean I do like All Saints I do like a British girl band and All Saints are definitely one of the best ones um, so uh, absolutely brilliant there um, but going back to the Christina version the, the collaboration um, between Christina, Maya, Little Kim and Pink um, it's seen by many pop fans and music fans as one of the best and most iconic female collaborations of all time and you can see why here there are some amazing amazing artists on it and sort of all representing different genres you know we've got Christina representing pop and Pink representing sort of pop rock this sort of angsty style Maya with her sort of R&B honey like vocals and Little Kim this complete icon of rap it's from four corners of um music genres and all coming together on this absolute killer track um christina said she completely embraced the idea of collaborating with missy elliott uh, pink maya and little kim on the track as soon as it was pitched to her she's a complete fan of all of theirs and she just wanted to be doing something different with them um and she loves collaborating it's a really big thing for her and she's sort of doing this as sort of like a side project as she was working on stripped because uh, she was working on stripped at the time of this as well um i've always thought it's like um that, like the crossover between these artists is sort of like the Avengers um, of pop um, because it's just this massive crossover with this huge, huge success as a result of it. Um, we spoke on the previous episode about the feud between Pink and Christina and how this sort of song, the recording of this song added fuel to it in terms of the parts they would sing. Ron Fair, who was Christina's sort of on her team at the time, uh, came into the recording of the song and was asked which was the high part, which was a more vocally challenging part and wanted it for Christina and Pink sort of stood up and didn't want it and well we all know how that ended up but their feuds ended now and um, you know they've kissed and made up um, but this song sort of added to that as well. Um, Lady Marmalade's been an absolute staple of Christina's set lists ever since it's released. Um, it was been done on every tour, Stripped, Back to Basics, X Tour, Las Vegas Residency, The Experience, many, many other performances. All together, though, collaborating together, they've only performed it at the MTV Movie Awards in 2001 with Patty as well in the Grammys uh, in 2002. Uh, both of these ceremonies, the song won them awards. Uh, so at the MTV um, Awards, they got Best Video of the Year, Best Video from a film um, and then also at the Grammys it won them best pop collaboration with vocals um, which was a another Grammy to add to Christina's um, Grammy list. I have to say the song is such a highlight for anyone that's gotten to see Christina live um, it just absolutely slaps with the live instrumentation and how her and her dancers just completely camp it up and really sell it uh, and then now sort of like on the X tour and the experience uh, more recently we've had the addition of the sort of confetti bombs and it's just absolutely brilliant Christina also did it on the liberation tour and one of the New York dates surprised um, the crowd with little Kim coming out and doing her verse which was absolutely amazing um and i wish i was there um 
absolutely jealous of anybody who did see that. Uh, so as it was released as a single, there was a music video um, directed by Paul Hunter and it features all four of the girls in cabaret outfits inspired from the film um, and the set actually resembling the actual Moulin Rouge nightclub uh, with also some props from the movie as well. And Missy is there introducing the video and also there at the end doing the little, the introductions of the girls. Um, I actually remember reading the girls were allowed to keep an item of clothing each from the video. I don't know if, where I read it, and I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to put that in there anyway. Um, we need to talk about favourite parts and favourite lyrics. Um, so, my favourite part, um, I mean, I'm biased here, but we have to talk about the way Christina's solo part just starts in this song. You know, the build-up, it's just so dramatic and so extra and so Christina with the ad-libs. You can just tell it's her straight away, and it's like, hello, I'm here, I love it. Um, favourite lyric uh, has to be the chorus with the French. Um, it's so risque, so tongue-in-cheek and it's just so fabulous. So, little lesson for you here, non-French speakers. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Uh, it means, will you sleep with me tonight? How naughty. Um, but just brilliant in the way that it lends itself to the song and what the song's about. Um, the collaboration has such a legacy. It's always seen as one of the best female collaborations of all time. Um, it's featured in the Broadway and West End musical versions of Moulin Rouge. It stood the test of time, charting again all these years later. It's just an amazing song um, and amazing that Christina has a part in it um, in the, and the legacy that it's created. So we've heard about Mercy on Me and we've heard about Lady Marmalade, but there can only be one winner. So drum roll, please. And the winner is Lady Marmalade. Oh, congratulations to Lady Marmalade. Of course, it had to win. It's iconic. It's legendary. It's just an amazing experience live. They're amazing. Um, Commiserations to Mercy on Me. It's an absolutely fantastic song. And I love when Christina taps into her dark bluesy side. But Lady Marmalade is just absolutely iconic. So next episode, it's all about girl power. I'm not saying which songs, but you will find out. Join us again next week. Thank you so much for listening. That is it for today's show. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave comments and reviews. Uh, go check us out on Instagram and Twitter at XDina Track Battle and drop me a line. Thanks so much again for listening. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.